Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Funky Monkey MMA. listening to Funky Monkey MMA. Welcome to another edition of Funky Monkey MMA. I'm Joel Rojas. With me is my co-host, Eric Kidu. Um, Eric, what's going on? How you doing? Doing well, my man. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. We have a great guest for you tonight. Um, out of the streets in my neighborhood of Jersey City, New Jersey, um, help me welcome Emmanuel Wango. Manny, what's going on? Hey, what's up, guys? How's everything? Can't complain, man. Every day above ground is a good day. Yeah, yeah. So I want to start off by saying, you know, like I mentioned real briefly when I did the intro, um, we're ba- we're both from the same area, Jersey City, New Jersey. Um, tough, rough, rough upbringing, as you know. Um, did that play a role in, in you joining into getting into mixed martial arts? I mean, also the fact that you were also in the army. Did that did all that go into play to become a mixed martial artist? I mean, you know, like growing up in Jersey City, like you say, is a is a rough upbringing, especially if you like, you know, you outside and hanging out with people and everything. You got to learn how to hold your own and you know walk with your chest up, you know. So and that's the same mentality you kind of have in MMA. You got to be able to hold your own. You got to be able to like you know have that confidence and have the ability to you know not only speak up for yourself but be able to hold your own, protect um, protect yourself and everything like that. So I kind of take some of that philosophy with me. That's some of that mindset into my MMA career. You know, as far as you know, uh, being able to project myself, being able to articulate myself, and being able to hold my own wherever I'm at. That's right. That's how it is, man. Because nowadays you could be walking in broad daylight, someone will run up on you and just just shoot you right where you stand or just drop you. And nowadays, they ain't fair ones, man. So to be able to protect yourself nowadays, mixed martial artists or not, is definitely, it's definitely a key, a key thing to advance in life. Now, you were also in the Army, correct? Um, how long were you actually there? And, you know, did you also do your training while you were in the Army, or did you kind of put that to the side? Well, I started my training because of the army. You know, I was introduced to uh, to it somewhat uh, when I was joining the army. I mean, prior to that, we all watched the first season of Ultimate Fighter. About I think that's premiering what 2005, 2006. So I didn't join the army till about 2007, when December time. So I was already somewhat introduced to it. And then when I got into the army, the army have a hand to hand combat system. They called it the combatus. So that was my first hands-on approach to it. 
And, you know, I was just, I was in the Army National Guard, New Jersey Army National Guard. And then from there, I got, uh, after my training, I got, we got deployed to Iraq for about 13 months from 08 to 09. So during my spare time, I linked up with some guys, some of the soldiers I was there, but two of them was, was already previously training at Hensel Gracie, Newark. So I linked up with them in my, in my spare time, and we you know we would drill, we would, we would do some roles and everything, and that's just how we just kept building from there. And then from when I came home, I was, you know, I was going to school, and I say I was, I was, I was living off the money I made from the army, so I didn't really work. So during my spare time, I, I found a gym. I would just go there and train, train the school, train the school, train the school, and that was it. Well, definitely, you know. First off, thank you very much for your services. Um, you know, leading up to to the now, you know, what would you say has been your your toughest moment or or obstacle that you faced? Um, I don't know. That's a very interesting question. You know, like I've, you know, every thing, every obstacle that I've encountered in my life, I've somehow ever been able to get over it or maneuver around it. You know, so I don't really uh, put too much emphasis on one specific thing. You know, because there's a lot of things that that you know brought me to this point. You know, from failed relationships, failed jobs, losing my title on the scale. You know, there's a lot of things. So I won't say there's one particular moment, but it's just a whole bunch of like like things. But I was able to get over it and learn from it and moved on. Perfect. Perfect. What What would you say on top of that is? you know, at this point, what you see is your biggest accomplishment. You know, what's something that, that you're just fiercely proud of? Uh, I mean, I'm proud of, like, you know what I'm saying, where I'm, where I'm coming from, Jersey City, you know, some of the people I was hanging, or, hanging around with at a young age and the things I was doing. I mean, I was never sold drugs or, like, you know, kill or shoot anybody or rob anybody, but, you know, I was like a knucklehead just running around, not, not having to focus. I was like a dog chasing his tail. I would wake up work a little part-time job, go hang out on the, on the block and do the same thing over and over and over again. But I would say for me, my biggest accomplishment so far, you know, was breaking that cycle, you know, going to the Army, coming back, getting my college degrees, getting my master's degree, then um, become a pro fighter, winning a world championship, you know, like have my own place, have my own vehicle, things like that. So to me, those are like, you know, personal accomplishments because I've seen some of the friends I, some friends I lost, you know, some friends died, some friends are in jail, and some friends, the worst, besides death and besides being in jail, is the ones that are just, you know, stuck in a cycle. They're still doing the same thing since high school, you know. So, it's like, it's very easy and very tempted to get pulled into that lifestyle. So, well, any, not just me, anybody, I have a, not just the negative, I have a lot of friends from Missouri State that made something, that became teachers, police officers, and everything like that, doctors. So... I commend all those people because I know we're coming from where we're from. You know, there's not a lot of us making it. So the ones that do make it, I do commend them. Yeah, most definitely because, like you said, the cycle is really tough to break, especially when some people are born into it, like maybe their children are born into the lifestyle that they have, you know, being gang-affiliated and whatnot. Jersey City is one of the most dangerous cities in the nation. I mean, I think they're on the top five in the worst cities in New Jersey. I think Camden and Newark are probably the worst ones aside from, from Jersey, and yeah. to see come out of that, get out of that element, doing something with themselves, it just shows that it could be done. It's a positive motivation for others to say, to be like, you know what? He did it. I could do it too. And that's, that's, that's part of being a mixed martial artist as well as being a positive role model 
you know? Yeah, you know, and then that's another thing that, like, like that helps me, like, I mean, the younger generation kids, I don't, they don't really know me. I don't really know them, but, like, the guys around my age, the guys, like, you know, that was, that was in high school around the same time I was in high school, whatever, I was senior, there was a freshman or everything like that. But, you know, and, and uh, on top of that, because of social media now, so people from the city know what I know who I am and know what I do. So when I run into people, like, it's always like, oh, hey, man, what's up, man? How you been? Hey, how's the fighting going? Everything. So that's kind of, you know, I like, like, you know, and I, and, I take pride in that being being very approachable, you know, like I'm not above nobody, I'm not below nobody. You know, I I just feel my find myself I can be very approachable. I can stop even if it's like thirty seconds a minute, I always stop and talk to people because you never know. Like I said, coming from Tracy, you never know. That same guy you you might try to ignore him or anything like a like a month or two down the line, you might catch yourself catch yourself jammed up and that same guy might be able to bail you out. So right. you never you never you never look past nobody. So I stopped 30 seconds, a minute, sometimes, like, just, like, a week ago, I stopped, like, 10 minutes to talk to this guy for the life of me. I didn't know who he was, but for some reason, he knew who I was. So I just pretended to know, and we just had a conversation for 10 minutes, you know, right right by the train station. So things like that, you know. Yeah, most definitely. And I know you've been you've been training. You train your ass off all the time. I know you're definitely going out to Edge and Hoboken, which, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Damian Maya was there not too long ago to prepare for his fight with Covington. Uh, how was that experience working with such a high-class, you know, um, grappler that's considered one of the best grapplers in the history of the sport of the division in that in that aspect? Well, let me just can you, can we can we curse on this? Yeah, good, good, be good. I was just saying, it's levels to this shit. So <laughs> he made me realize that you know. Like I always fancy myself. If you watching all my fights and everything, I'm I'm more wrestling heavy, you know. Like, and I was fancy myself being able to take people down and everything like that. And I couldn't do nothing with this guy. Like, and even when I did manage to get him down, I didn't want to be there because <laughs> the moment we hit the ground, he was just you know, and it just opened my eyes. Like it's like man, there is so much more I have to learn. Like you know, like I probably know like, white belt level just to compare to him, you know what I'm saying? Even I'm a purple belt, and you know, I'm a, I hold my own against some, like, some black belts and brown belts, but with this guy, I felt like I couldn't really do nothing. But it was good, though, because it pushed me, you know, like, I kept, I was, like, I had it in my mind, sometimes I get this stubborn mentality, I was like, man, I'm going to take this guy down, I'm going to take this guy down, and I was pushing hard for that whole five, like, for the whole, the whole goal. So, like, working with guys, and it's true, like, you know, working on a higher level person, up your level. Because you know you want to you want to be able to compete with that person, even though you, even if you can't, you know. But we as martial artists and everything, I'm never gonna say, oh, this guy's just better than me. I'm just gonna roll over and just let him kick my ass." No, you're gonna be like, "I don't care if he's beating by a hundred score. I'm gonna make sure I work at least to close the gap, make it 99 or make it 98. You know, things like that. And if I'm kicking somebody's ass, I'm like, I'm gonna make sure I keep dominating because I want this guy to come back. So for somebody to be in that high upper level than me. It forced me. That was like one of the best uh, role sessions I had because I was just I had to keep attacking, keep going, keep going. Even though he kept defending and kept reversing and kept submitting me, he must have submitted me like three times, but I kept going and going and going. So you know that was a very good experience for me. You're on a right now. You're on a currently on a five win win streak. Uh, you just came off uh, unanimous decision with uh, John Manley, I believe it was. Right. Um, you know, you you had a, a solid performance. You know. You left everybody wanting to see when is when is Manny coming back? When is when is he fighting again? Is that is that being is that in the works? 
Well, you know, I, I didn't. I don't discuss this with a lot of people, but you know, I I took a a step back and whatever. I needed to reassess and redevelop my game. Like I don't know if if it's uh like I'm I'm starting to see a sports psychology. I don't know what it is with me. Like when I get in there, is these guys like I could beat them, I could dominate, but I don't like I don't take risk like to finish the fights, you know. And some there was some of the reason why I've been to a lot of decisions. If you look watch a lot of fight, a lot of those fights. A lot of those fights I could do, I was dominating. Like the John Manley fight was, for example, I dominated that fight. I could have easily went and got the finish, but I get in this comfort zone where I'm, you know, I'm comfortable with this guy's not really damaging me, and I'm able to work my game. I point him, and I get into that zone, and I, I would do that. I would coast the whole fight, and when the fight's be done, and I'm still fresh and everything, I'm like, damn, I should give more. Even worse, I go back and watch some films on the fight, and I'll see so many openings of where, like, I feel I just took advantage of it. So I need to know. I'm trying to learn, read books and everything. I had to break that more. I had to just turn that switch on. Like, you know, guys, like, some guys are just killers. Like, like for example, like, Vondelet Silva, like, he's probably the nicest guy in real life, but he gets in that cage, and he's trying to take your fucking head off, you know? Like, so I need to get into that more. And I think that's one of the reasons that's holding me back for the UFC, because they look at me as... And, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat myself. You know, I got a tough skin. It's boring, you know, and, it's, and especially if you're up and coming, you got to be able to knock guys out. You know, you got to talk shit and everything. I don't talk shit. I don't knock guys out. You know, I just go and fight and compete. And, and unfortunately, I win, <laughs> you know, like, so the fact that winning has also been a curse because it's like, I feel like, oh, well, you know, what I'm doing, don't, it's not broken, so don't fix it, you know. But now it's like I have to take a step back. Like, man, listen, if I need to, if I want to get broken to the next level, I need to like start like you know doing things and start working on finishing fights. You know, even if I'm if I'm wrestling heavy, I need to take these guys down. You know, ground and pound, submit them and everything. So I've been focusing on my jujitsu and my ground and pound drills and everything a lot. And most definitely. So there's no every time you train, I look at it as you're getting one percent better. It's always gonna. You're always gonna. There's always room for improvement, no matter even the best in the world. There's always room for improvement. You know, I mean, we exactly. just witnessed that in in Madison Square Garden, three champions, right. dominating champions. Uh, well, I'd say one of them was dominating the the entire division. The other two were, eh, I wouldn't say dominating, but they were the champions. But right. the one thing that I took out of that is be humble, humble yourself, because there's always gonna be that one person. That's gonna be there to knock you down, and that's exactly what happened on on on, on Saturday. It was crazy because man, I tell everybody, man. I say you can learn from anybody. You can learn from the world champion to the to the white belt. Like I, I train my my main training gym right now is Hensel Gracie, in New York City, and that mm-hmm. gym we get guys passing through. Like GSP is there. Like you know we get all these guys coming world world champion, Abu Dhabi champions. Like. Eddie Bravo Invitational Champion, like great grapplers, great fighters, passing through, passing through, passing through. So, you, you know, like, so even if I don't get to train with these guys, I'm not trying to be a fly on the wall and just observe. Like, when I see John, like, John Denneher going, go, like, going over moves with guys like Gary Tony and everything, like, I kind of, like, you know, just, just watch it a little bit. Like, even though I'm not part of that group, but I just watch it, just be a fly on the wall because there's so much knowledge flowing around that gym, man. Like, like, if you took a no-gi class with John Denner, like, the class would be, like, 50, 60 people in it. And after that class, it might be, like, like 15, 20 black belts. You won't know because everybody's wearing regular clothes because there's no gi. So I kind of like it like that because it's like, it's like if I'm, I'm about to roll with, I'm about to train with you and I know you're a black belt and everything, in my, somehow in my mind it's almost like 
if you submit to me, okay, it's okay. It's normal. I'm going to accept that because you're a black belt. But if it's no gear, like, I don't know your belt, motherfucker. I'm going to come at you with everything I have. Like, because I don't know. You could be a white belt. And you just submit me. Like, oh, you could talk about, like, oh, shit, I submitted me in a while. You know what I'm saying? Like, that makes me embarrassed because it's like, I'm a, I'm a higher belt. So mm-hmm. that's why I prefer that. And that, man, yeah, that's, that, that's, you should always be elevating. Like, I tell people, man, I've seen this so many times at the gym. Guys always want to be the big fish in the pond. Like, nah, man, you guys jump in our ocean and swim with the sharks. You know, you eat a single swim. You know, and I've been I've been swimming so far. I've been surviving. I've been in Hensel's almost six years now, so. Most definitely. For sure. And, and you're clearly very passionate about everything that, that you do. You know, what what inspires you every day to go out there and, and just give it everything that you have and to, to be that role model to, to folks that are watching you and, and just push yourself every day? You know what it is? Like, it started when I first entered the sport, when I first started watching the sport, you know, and then um, – when I started seeing these guys and I started looking them up and I realized, man, these guys are just regular guys. You know what I'm saying? Like there's no, nothing special about them. They weren't creating a lab. You know what I'm saying? Like these are special guys. I mean, special, the obvious they're special athletes, but these are just regular guys. So that's what pushed me so off. Cause I'm like, if a regular guy could come from whatever background and trans and come up and be a May, Floyd Mayweather, be a Conor McGregor, be a GSD, you know what I'm saying? Like these are just regular guys. They weren't like, you know what I'm saying? They just work hard. They weren't born crazy rich. Some of them might. So there's some there's some athletes that are born, get, like, you know, rich, whatever. But for the most part, fighting, the reason I love fighting compared to other sports, because fighting, even though it's a team sport, at the end of the day, when you get in the cage, it, it, it depends on you. You know, so your success depends on you. You know, you don't have a whole team to carry you. Like, we're on a basketball court. If you suck, or we'll sub you out and put this guy in. We'll still win the championship. You still get to hoist up that trophy. No, like, if you suck, you just get your ass beat, you know. So that's what keeps me hungry, keeps me keep going, keeps me uh, motivated because the sport is constantly changing, you know. I'm getting older now. Like, I started when I was uh, when I was 24, 25, I'm 30 now. I'm about to turn 31. So the sport is constantly evolving. So if you have to get, if you don't involve with the sport, you're going to get left back. And that's the worst thing to be in there in the cage and not able to keep up with somebody, you know, that, that just, I never want that feeling. So I always, I'm always like changing, always elevating, you know what I'm saying? Like I already started working on leg locks and stuff. Like I'll never fucking, I'll probably will never use them shits, but I know that's how the, that's where the game is going to now, so I have to learn to defend it. Even though I may never use it, I need to learn how to defend it. So things like that. Exactly. Absolutely. A lot of folks don't understand that MMA is, is one of the, the most ever-evolving sports, you know, around. You know, things like football, basketball have all kind of stayed the same for the most part, but MMA is something that changes constantly. And, and with that being said, do you think throughout your career, from your, your start to the to the now, you know, how has your mindset changed on, on what it means to be a fighter? You know, when I first started, I lost my first fight, and then I came, went back and I won uh, about seven fights in a row. And I started getting, like, when I first lost my, when I lost my first fight, because I, wasn't, I came as an amateur undefeated, you know, so when I lost my first fight, it kind of took me a step back. And then I came back, I got hungry. And I started working hard, working hard, working hard. And then I hate that level. I started winning, 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 winning. So I hit that level of complacency. You know, that's the worst thing that happens to a fighter where I get stuck in a constant routine where I was doing the same thing and everything like that. But, oh, man, you know what? These jokers can't touch me. I'm fucking them up. I'm beating them up. I mean, I ain't going to change shit. Then I fought 
for the first time on uh, our Silver Remedies Day, like it was yesterday, it was January 30th, 2015. I fought on CES, my first ever time fight on the TV. I was I was headlining the Access TV show for a title fight. Now, I did the training right, but uh, leading up to that, I was cocky. You know, I was like, my mom was distracted. You know, I had a horrible weight cut. My mom was distracted. I was like, I was all over the place and everything because I felt in my mind, I'm going to do what I've always been doing. I'm going to go in there, smash this guy, come out with a victory. And that's what I was doing. You know, that's why I came with a mindset. Ten seconds into the fight, I get knocked out. Embarrassed and everything. On national TV, I had friends, and I was in Afghanistan. I was watching on TV, on, like, the computer streaming and everything. And they saw me, you know what I'm saying, they saw me get knocked out and everything. So that humbled me, and that made me hungry. That made me, like, to the point where I don't underestimate nobody no more. Like, you know, like, I train, like, I don't care if you if you tell me your record is 0-12. I'm going to train for you like you're 12-0, and 0, like, you know. So so it takes, it's sad to say, but sometimes it takes something like that happening to change your perspective about, you know, about fighting, like, to, to make you more focused. Some guy is, it, you know, is a positive or negative. Some guys might just say, you know what, maybe this is not for me. But some guys are like, fuck that, man. That shit never happened to me again. I could never take that day back. You know, I won since that day. I've, since that since that happened, I've won every fight since. But I don't care about those wins. I'll keep thinking back to that day, like, what could I have done different? You know, so that's what keeps me pushing because it's like I never want to let, I never want to regret things, you know? Yeah, most definitely. Like, And you were touching base on how you basically took a step back from the sport. Um, let's just say you wake up the next day and you're going into a fight, you weigh in, the wake up was marvelous. You go in there and let's say you won a three fight losing skit. What would your mindset be? Like, would your mindset be like, fuck, do I want to keep doing this? And if that was the case, what would you turn to aside from the MMA world? What would you want to go in and focus on afterwards if that were the case? Well, I mean, I have, like I said, I have, a deg- I have degrees in uh, criminal justice, national security administration, so they always have an outlet. You know, I already have a veteran status. I have no kids, uh, so I'm flexible. I could travel, you know, like if, I, if, if, a, if a job opened fucking Alaska, you know, <laughs> I could take it. So I have other options, you know, like this is a dream, a passion. This is not a, right. like, you know what I'm saying, like, like it's not like that's, this is all I have. Some guys, this is all they have. They they want to make a name for themselves and open up their gym. You know, for me, of course, I would love to have a gym. I would love to make a name for myself and everything like that. But I have other outlets, you know, like, if worst kind of worst, I still have four or five more years of, you know, of eligibility. I could always, if all else fails, I will always go back into the military, you know. So I have different outlets, you know. Like, so for this right now is a, is a passion for me, and I'm really passionate about it. I really love it, you know, like fighting. The reason that meant, if you ask any fighter, they'll tell you the money is horrible. Unless you start making it to the UFC and start getting sponsorship deals and everything, the money is horrible. So we do, we don't do it as you know, like j- just something to do. The guys are serious about it as a lifestyle. You know, even when I don't have a fight, I catch myself running. Like I haven't had a fight since May, but you always see me at Henzo doing the g- doing the jujitsu class, helping guys out, doing this, doing that, doing that because. It's a lifestyle. It's what I'm used to. I cannot sit on the couch for six months and watch TV, you know. Like, it's, it just don't feel right, you know. So if I was ever to find myself on a three-fight losing skid, that would be very heartbreaking, heart, heartbreaking to me because 
I work too hard. You know, I would work too hard. I mean, something's wrong. I have to reevaluate. Maybe I'm not performing no more, or maybe I'm not training hard as I used to be, but something will have to, like, but for me, just knowing the person I am, I don't think that could ever, like, I'm not going to say ever, but I don't think that would happen because once I lose a fight, I, I always take a step back. Like, what did I do wrong? What the fuck happened? How did I lose? How was that possible? And that's how I reevaluate everything. I know guys who lose a fight and they won't jump in the next week because they want to erase that loss. Now they have two losses. They don't want to jump in a month later. I have three losses. They don't want to take that step back to reevaluate what happened. Me, I'm very, like, like analytical about every little thing. Like, I'm like, okay, what did I do? And I'm very, like, I listen to, like, I'm on the forums and everything, reading people's comments about me and things like that. Like, oh, he's boring. Oh, he's just a wrestler. Like, you know what I'm saying? I take all those things to heart. So I know if I was to lose a fight, I would have to take a step back and reevaluate myself completely and come back a better version. What would you say is, uh, you know, getting into something fun and exciting, what's your favorite uh, submission? You know, what's one of the things that is your picture-perfect uh, submission? You know, it's actually kind of, I've been working on, I'm not going to, I shouldn't even give this my secret, but I'm going to give it away because I don't care. But I've been working on the little Kimura trap system, like little Kimura trap system and things like that. Like, like I've been working on that a lot. Like, I, lo- I actually like it, you know, I could use it. Sometimes I use it to take guys back and everything. I use it, like, Brighton with it. I use it as sweeps and everything like that. So I like the whole Kimura system thing. For sure. Are you currently training for an opponent right now? Do you have someone in mind? You know what's what's in your radar? Um, no, I'm not. I'm not training for nobody specific. You know, I just train uh, to be better than the last the the last Emmanuel Wilder that fought John Manley. So that's the that's the last guy I faced. So I'm training to be better. Now I'm training like, you know, working better on my striking, my my head movement, boxing, working better on my takedowns, my takedown defense, things like that. Just overall, man, like. Like, this is something one of my coach at Hensel Gracie, uh, uh, Coach Jamie Chowder, he always tell, he tells us, like, when you have a fight camp, it's not a time for you to get better. The time for you to get better is in between fights. You know what I'm saying? When you have a fight camp, now all you're doing is just adjusting your training to this guy's style to beat him. You know what I'm saying? If you're using that for you to get better, because, you know, some guys, I mean, you guys both probably know these guys that, when when they're done fighting, they'll go, they, they go hang out or whatever. They won't be back in the gym until they have another fight book. You know what I'm saying? So use confidence. So right now, like, so I'm, I use that right now. This is the time for me to get better over as a fighter. Then when I get an opponent name, when I get a face or something, they say, you fighting Joel Rojas or you fighting this guy. Now I have a face. I know his style. Now I would just, you know, adjust my game to him a little bit to, like, to, you know, to, to negate his weakness, his, his strength, and, you know, highlight his weaknesses and things like that. But in between that, I'm training to better myself, to learn things, you know, like, and there's no it's no pressure because I don't have a fight. So if I get submitted 15 times in a training session, it's okay. You know, like, at least the next day I come back, I get submitted 10. The next day I get five. The next day three. The next day two. Before you know it, I'm not getting submitted no more because I'm learning. I'm in four of them getting better. So that's when the time, and that's my advice to fighters. Take that time, that in-between time, man, to get better. Don't wait till you have a fight book to try to, like, crunch everything. It's like, a, it's like, it's like in school. You know what I'm saying? You have the whole semester to study for the finals. But what do most college people do? We wait till the last week and try to crunch, you know. So is that same for the last week? You have to have to just use your in-between time, your break time to try to get better as a person, as a fighter, as a person. Absolutely. And when you're not training and maybe you want to take a 
a day to have some mental a mental break, give your body a break, if that's even an option. What do you do aside from MMA? Like, you, is there any sports that you do? Well, yeah, uh, I mean, I was a soccer player. Um, I, uh, you know, I played soccer, and uh, growing up, I'm African, so, you know, it naturally is our natural, natural sport. I play soccer every day, like, so even when I'm not, like, sometimes I'll, if I'm not, like, to kick back, I'm a huge, huge science fiction geek. Like, you know, I love Lord of the Rings. I love Star Trek. I love um, Star Wars. So I love movies. So sometimes I might just kick back and watch some movies, which I do a lot. Or I might just, like, you know, play the video games and stuff like that. Things like that. Like, like I'm I'm a very corny and basic guy. You know, I don't – I'm not I'm not one of those guys that will go swinging from freaking planes and everything. I wish I – you know, I don't mind it, but I don't do none of those things. But, yeah, for me, I just like to lay back, hang out with my friends, you know, things like that. Anything that, like, distract me from fighting because that gets exhausting, especially when you have an opponent. Thinking about this person 24-7 is exhausting. I can imagine. And – you know, I did touch base on this a little earlier in regards to your upbringing. I mean, is there anything that you would say to the young young generation that's coming up? Because, you know, I, I have issues with people. When I moved over here, that I never in my life deal with when I was over there, I guess because that mutual respect is there. But the young ones is the ones you got to worry about because they're out to make a name for themselves, a rep for themselves. Like, if you, what would you tell that young generation? to basically snap them out of that fucking shit that they're doing and robbing people, shooting people, stabbing people, gang affiliations and all that? Man, you know what it is, man? The, this younger, the younger generation don't appreciate hard work, uh, things like that, you know? They, they want instant success, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So if I'm telling you, if I'm telling them, oh, put the guns down, put the drugs away, go to school, go to everything like that, it's going to pay up for you. I'm, I'm just right now, I'm just proposing to them a 10, 15-year plan. Whereas mm-hmm. the drug dealer next door, their, their, their big homie or their OG next, like, live next door to them is driving a BMW, a Benz, and everything like that. And so they want that instant gratification. They want that instant, that, that, that instant success. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of people are not willing to go through the mud like me and you, everything. Like, we did it. Like, I, like what I'm saying, I went through the fucking mud. You know, just, just to get, and I'm not even where I want to be. But just to get here, I had to, you know, like, a lot of people are not going through that. A lot of this younger generation is, is not going through it. And I feel like I honestly want to apologize because I feel like it's our fault as older, as big homies, as older, as older you know, the older generation because we could, we just kind of let them do what they want. Like let them just, you know, run amok. And we we created such a powerful thing, like like this thing, like this not giving a fuck attitude. So for us now to go back and try to like, I don't know, don't do this, don't do that. They're like, fuck you, dude. Like, I'm going to listen to you. Look at you. You walking, you catching the train and everything like that. Look at him. He's driving a fucking BMW. He got three or four girls on him and everything. Like, fuck you, dude. I'm not going to listen to you. So it's very hard. But I tell him that. I tell him, man, like, like, that lifestyle, that fast lifestyle don't have a retirement plan. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, you'll be lucky if you, if you end up in jail. Most of those people end up dead or they just end up lost. You know what I'm saying? That's the worst thing. You to be to just be a lost nigga. You know, excuse my language, but just to be to be a lost dude. Like, you know, you have no purpose in life. You just wake up get to, to get through this day and go to sleep. So I would just tell them, like, listen, listen, man, you want to live the rest of your life looking over your shoulder, wondering where your next meal can come from, or you want to be comfortable, you know, have a nice house, have a nice girl, you know, maybe a dog, maybe a kid or two, you know, things like that. And, like, I would just tell them, like, 
the 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 fast life don't last long, man. There's nobody that's like maybe might be one or two guys ever that tell you that you know that's been hustling, been gang banging and everything since day one, and now they have a a, a very comfortable, like, big old house and everything like that, and they just live their life peacefully. Nah, but it sucks, man. It is what it is. Like you know, you just gotta take it for for what it is. It, it started with us. My generation was the one that started doing the whole gang, like the whole guns and everything. Before that, people were fighting things like that. All of a sudden, we started with the guns and all this and that. Now, the new generation, that's all they know. It's guns. Like, I've seen guys, I've heard guys shoot guys over a freaking argument over dice game, over, you know, stupid shit. Like, you know, it's crazy. Yeah, man. It really is. Back in the day, we used to throw down. Someone got fucked up. You got back up, shook hands, and kept it moving. And a day or two later, y'all best friends and shit. That's how it was. Nowadays, that shit don't happen. You're on the ground, expect for three old, more four motherfuckers to come and stomp on you, on you, on your ass while you're still down. And when you and, get and up, that's a, and, that, and that's a, even a, that's a, even right there. That's a best case scenario. You getting jumped. Some people might take that as a blessing because you know what I'm saying. You could beat yeah. somebody up. You walk around the corner. Next thing you know, you just getting pop, 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 pop. You getting hit up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Getting jumped might be even a blessing in disguise. Like, fuck it, I'll take this. At least I'm alive. I might be beat. I might beat right. the fuck up. But I'll, so I'll, I'll heal up in a week or two. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Um, we're getting ready to wrap up the show, Manny. Um, Eric, is there any uh, another question you might have for Manny before we get off the air? Uh, last thing I have is, you know, before, you know, whether it be in five years uh, or 20 years, when you wrap up your, your MMA career, what's the big thing that you want to be remembered for? I just want to be remembered as, you know, somebody who was passionate about, about fighting. You know, I was a, somebody who was very approachable, you know, a very real down to earth person. You know, I don't want to be remembered as, you know, a snob or somebody like, I just did it just to do it. I want to remember, like, every time I step in the cage, like, even though, you know, if I I do this, I do that, whatever, but whenever I step in the cage, I give 100% of me, you know, like, I, I perform to the best of my ability. And I just, I, that's what I want to remember for. I just want people to remember that, like, whatever you're going to do, not just in the cage, whatever you're going to do in life, just, just give it your best, you know what I'm saying? Like, because you never know, like, you, like, you might succeed expectations if you put your best foot forward. You know, a lot of people are scared to take risks, and myself included. I discussed that earlier. Like, I'm working on that. You know, a lot of people are scared to take risks. A lot of people are scared to take L's and things like that, so they don't venture out of their comfort zone. So if I could remember something for that, I just want to be remembered as, you know, my legacy, just like like somebody who wasn't afraid to, like, you know, mix it up with people, like wasn't afraid to interact with people to and to elevate people, to enhance people, you know, and, and just to let people from my own hometown know that, man, there's ways, there's several ways out there. You don't have to just be a rapper or a basketball player. You know, you can be a fighter. You can be a poet. You know what I'm saying? You can be a singer. You can do, you can, you, you can get a regular nine-to-five job. There's a lot of different outlets, you know. So that's 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 what I'm hoping at the end of the day to remember for. Just a regular dude who just worked hard and and, and just lived, uh, lived the dream, no matter how temporary it, it was. It was definitely. And before we... we... Um, let you go, Manny. Any any shout outs you want to get to sponsors and also where can our, our listeners find you at in social media? Yeah, um uh my longtime sponsors, you know, uh E Clean Bro. I've been working with them for for, for a long time now. Uh Lana Egg Bites, um Hayabusa. I wanna my gym my gym, uh Hansel Gracie Academy in New York City. 
Hensler Gracie Academy in Brooklyn, uh, The Edge in Hoboken, and my longtime, lifelong coach and and and, 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 and Jim, Driven Jim in Woodbridge on 95 Main Street. Come check us out. James Mills, you know, I've been working with this guy since day one. Since the fight, he stepped into an MMA case. This guy's been, he's like a bigger brother, a mentor, a coach, everything to me. Um, and guys, if you want to hit me up, you know, I'm on Facebook, uh, Manny Wallow. I'm on Instagram, Army Fighter 05, uh, Twitter, Army Fighter 05, same handle, you know. And like I said, guys, if you hit me up, I will respond. I'm not one of those guys that's going like, oh, you know, if you hit me up, I respond. Like, I'm always, if I'm not working or training, my phone is not far behind. So hit me up, guys. Absolutely. And we thank you once again for coming on the show, man. You know, we look forward to seeing you and what's, best, what's coming up in your career, man. Yeah, no, you know, if I have something booked, I will hit you guys up. Maybe I'll come on and talk about it before or after, you know, whatever. I will let you guys know. Uh, most definitely, most definitely, no doubt. All right, thank you, guys. All right, thank you. That was Manny Wallow joining us to, uh, tonight. Um, make sure you check him out. He's definitely one of the more up-and-comers that are coming up in the area, as you can see. Um, it's come from a great squad. Um, real quick, if you guys definitely want to hear that into um, hear our interviews and other interviews, make sure to follow us at Funky Monkey MMA. Uh, you can follow me at on Twitter at JR underscore double underscore or on Facebook at Joel Rojas. Also want to send a shout-out to Jersey City, the hometown where Manny and I are from. I'm from Union City and Jersey City, born and raised in Union City, lived in Jersey City uh, half part of my life. You know, my family and friends from over there. Stay safe. We all know the war zone over there, so just stay up and make something of yourself. Oh, and real quick, uh, shout-out. You'll kill me if I don't. My daughter, Sanaya Nayana, and my wife, Amy. Um, love you, girls. And Eric, any last words? Uh, just make sure to check us out at whiteoutpromotions.com. And as always, i got to make sure to, to shout out to a few of our sponsors as well. Fear the Fighter, Combat Corner, McBride Mats, uh, SureFit Mouthguards. So always appreciate you guys' time. All right. We thank you guys for listening. And remember, every day above ground is a good day even when it isn't. Have a good one. You're listening to Funky Monkey MMA. You can listen to Funky Monkey MMA Radio on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Blog Talk Radio, Player FM, Cash Roller, the TuneIn Radio app, MMAFutures.com, LoveMMA.com, MMARecords.com, and FightBookMMA.com. For the freshest news and notes on all things MMA, get over to FunkyMonkeyMMA.com. You're listening to Funky Monkey MMA. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.